0: Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Crazy old man in his attic, episode 49. Wilbon, this is what we're going to start with, college football. Okay, as colleges try to figure out whether they can play in the fall or not, The SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey went on the radio in Jacksonville. Let me get this quote correctly. He goes, if a couple of programs aren't able to play in the fall, does that stop everyone? I'm not sure it does. Unquote. Are you okay with some colleges playing?
1: Yeah, Tony. I mean, I'm consistent in this position. I told you a couple of days ago when we talked about in some states, you know, NBA or NHL players could go and work out and get themselves ready or at least begin to, depending on their state's situation, and some weren't. And I said, is it is it fair? No, but it is. And this is the same thing with colleges, Tom. We don't know how many schools are going to be in a position to play relative to others. I mean, state by state, it's, it could be dramatically different in what that school allows public schools versus private schools and what they're going to allow. So I'm not going to say that nobody should play football because some may make the decision. This is not in our best interest. Understand them completely. But those that will roll on will roll on. And I think so with the blessing of most patrons.
0: Yeah, the SEC is going to roll on. What I hear in this quote is we are the SEC. We are college football in America. If UConn can't play So what? We're going to play, and the rest of you can get out of the way. Unlike college basketball, where the NCAA is the federal government, it's not like that in football. There's three or four conferences that matter in football. Nobody else matters at all. And the SEC probably matters most. And the other part of this, Mike, is the reality of what's going on. These are southern states. This is Florida and Georgia and Texas and South Carolina that are either mostly opening up early or maybe didn't shut down at all. So if they're ready to go, they're going to want to go, don't you think? And and I'm
1: for it. I am. Yeah, but, Tony, I'm I'm not going to go that blanket wide. Suppose some SEC schools can't go. Suppose all of their schools, its schools, cannot go. I I can't speak for the readiness and the preparedness of every single school in the SEC. And when I hear that comment from the commissioner, I'm thinking he means it quite literally. You know, some schools are going to be able to go and some aren't. I don't know that it goes by conference either, but I'm okay with it. Yes, I am, Tony. Listen, a a story by Rob Domofsky of ESPN.com today suggests that the Packers' selection of Jordan Love in the first round was more the general manager's call than Coach Matt LaFleur's. Should, Dan Tony Aaron Rodgers hold Jordan Love, the pick of him, against LaFleur if he wasn't the guy initiating this? Okay, so Aaron Rodgers
0: is going to hold the pick against everybody. Against the coach, against the general manager, (laughs) against the staff assistants, against the secretaries. There is a quote here from the general manager, and I will read it to you. Quote, I certainly wasn't going to give him a player he didn't want, unquote. That is the general manager putting a bullseye on Matt LaFleur. And Aaron Rodgers will find Matt LaFleur the easiest to hate because he's going to be there every day at practice. Sometimes general managers go out scouting. Sometimes they're not there. Coaches are there all the time, and that's where, where Rodgers will, will burn his anger to begin with, in
1: my opinion. I don't know that Aaron Rodgers is quite, has quite the vindictive spirit that you famously do, Tony, which you have admitted to over the years. Hope so. I, I'm gonna agree with you about 60% of what you just described. And what you just put on Aaron Rodgers in terms of his level of resentment, I'm not going all the way. I mean, I haven't talked to Aaron Rodgers a few times over my life. I don't I see him as being a little more rational than that. He understands the dynamic of front office, sometimes the tension between. An executive in the front office and the coach, and that everybody's not responsible for everything. And he probably would still like to finish his career in Green Bay, and he loves being a Packer. Yes, Tony, we know other things can happen. The stage is set, but I, I think that Lafleur and look, Tony, this is going to depend a lot on Lafleur. If Lafleur can, you know, sort of be reasonable about this and rational, and go to Aaron Rodgers and say, "Listen." We got this situation. Here's what went down. Here's what I'm still thinking. You're my quarterback. If he does that, I don't expect Aaron Rodgers to just boom, blow everything up, but it sounds like you do.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know what you're talking about. They picked a quarterback <laughs> when they had Aaron Rodgers. The pick doesn't help them at all this year, not no. even a little bit. It's, 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 it's the general manager. The general manager, in the tradition of general managers in Green Bay, picked a quarterback. But by doing that, by trading up to get him, what that says to me, because I wrote this down and I'll read it to you. This is the quote I expect with truth serum from the general manager. I've looked at us; we're not good enough to win the Super Bowl this year. We're not. Aaron Rodgers is not getting us there. He slipped. That thirteen and three was a mirage. So we're taking a quarterback. <laughs> it's a give up on this year. And I know Aaron Rodgers a little bit too. Haven't played golf with him too. And I yeah. hope. I hope his anger burns with the heat of ten thousand suns. Okay, what that's what I hope. And now I'm what going to move on. that you would hope move that. on to the next story. I love this story. Sky Sports, which produces the Premier League soccer in England, is think about, thinking about putting computer-generated images of fans in the stands for these games. Wilbon, do you think CGI fans would enhance? Your viewing pleasure of a game.
1: <laughs> you know, Tony, I don't know if it's going to enhance it for me. It wouldn't hurt it. I just wonder what they're going to have those, you know, computer enhanced fans. They're going to have them making obnoxious chants like they often do. The real fans at Premier League games that have caused for the emptying of stadiums. Sorry, I had to sort of hint at a cheap shot, even though I didn't fully take it. Um, I Good, good I mean, if, if, if the stadiums are going to be empty and you can do this and you can have the, the television audience get sort of a different feel of the game at home, then it just won't be looking at empty seats. Good. I mean, who, who, you can't even, no one, who could have an objection to this? Why would you?
0: So I thought it was stupid at the beginning. I thought it was phony and stupid and just a trick. And then I thought about a few things. I thought about every once in a while turning on a G League game, seeing 20 people there going to an LPGA tournament on TV and seeing nobody around a green. I remember when I started watching XFL a few weeks ago and I would just wait for the wide shot to oh, so see you're the expanse the of empty stands. Well, here, but here's what I think, Mike. I think it's important to have fans in the stands in this regard. It validates your interest in the game you're watching it makes you feel that there's a reason that you tuned in. So even if it's a trick, even if it's robots, like in the Chinese Baseball League, I actually think this is a good thing. I am I am supportive of it. I know NASCAR is coming online, I guess, soon with real NASCAR races and no fans in the stands. But that sort of continuous motion and in baseball and basketball and football, we stop for a
1: while. I think the notion of fans is important, and I think you do, too. Yeah, it's okay. Again, it's not going to enhance my viewing pleasure. It's just not. I've been to too many games. i watched too many games over my life, and you do, too. But it'll be sort of amusing. We'll talk about it. Are they going to have, like— People with yeah. like weird faces and stuff on them, so we can call them and say, "Tony, look! You see that guy in the Cubs Mets game? Could you believe this? This computer enhanced image they have sitting right behind home plate? I mean, if you're going to do it, you may as well have some fun with it, right?"
0: I yeah. I mean, I would I would think that people could sort of plug into Zoom and project themselves into the stands. I mean, I. <laughs> I I thought it was stupid at first, and
1: now yeah. I like it a lot. I do. Yeah, I know, because you wanted to have an obnoxious quality. Tony, boxing news. You know how we save our boxing news for our last A block Talk, story? Talks are reportedly underway for a possible heavyweight unification fight between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. Deontay Wilder, who recently had surgery for torn biceps, would have to receive some compensation, some moolah, in order to let Joshua step ahead of him in line. So the question, Tony, is, would you be as excited for Fury Joshua as you would be for Fury Wilder three?
0: So I've got to confess, as much as I love boxing, I've not paid much attention to the heavyweight division in the last few years. I know who Tyson Fury is because he goes out on television and he sells fights. The other people I'm not quite as familiar with. But the way this was explained to me is this would be a unification fight. This would result in one heavyweight champion. And if you're saying we get one heavyweight champion and then the guy who sits out, gets the first crack at that heavyweight champion, and we maintain one unified heavyweight champion, not a WBC, WBO, WBA, W whatever, and some little guy runs in the ring holding a belt, not even a fighter. If you give me one champ, and I know
1: you feel this way, I am for this fight. Yeah, it'll be the first time in 20 years. I'd be for it if it had no belt associated with it. Look, Anthony Joshua was the guy, Tony, that three, four years ago, people looked at and said, aha, here's the path back for heavyweight boxing. It is both going to be, it's got to be on live television, not only pay-per-view, but sometimes live television. And you have to sort of gin up interest, international interest. Remember, this is the heavyweight champion of the world. I know that things like the World Series like to think they're champion of the world. They're not. But this boxing has been heavyweight champion of the world, and so Anthony Joshua's face and his charisma was attached to that, and so he got derailed by you know losing some preposterous bout, and now Tony, you have three guys in the mix, and so Fury Joshua, yes, I think that would have more intrigue than a third fight with Wilder initially. Yes, I do. I'm 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 all for it, and so I I'm going to strap you down. Keep you awake, and you're going to watch this.
0: Well, I want there to be one champion in every division. Like when you play the World Series, both teams don't say we won, we get a belt. That doesn't work that way. You don't get the orange slice. We want one per division like when we grew up. One. All right. Geico has the insurance industry-leading app that lets you manage your policy anytime, anywhere. Which means that Geico is always there for you. If only everyone was always there for you. Like Animal Control, when you're cornered in your garage by an angry possum.
1: Hi, me again. Uh, You guys said you would be here about an hour ago, and um, I think the possum is starting to get angry. uh, Listen, I thought if I fed it, it would go away. But now it is ripping holes in the drywall and making some sort of nest. Just call me back.
0: (laughs) Geico, always there for you with savings and the industry-leading mobile app.
1: It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit.
0: Let's go to the legal pad and the glasses for the Happies. Happy 39th birthday, Wes Welker. The diminutive wide receiver was sensational for the six seasons he was with the New England Patriots, leading them in total receptions each of those seasons and setting records for most receptions in a season, 123, and most receptions in a career, 672. Although undrafted, Welker was first-team All-Pro twice, five times to the Pro Bowl and three times led the NFL in reception. He's tied for the longest touchdown reception in NFL history, and it will never be broken because it's 99 yards. For years, Welker was Tom Brady's favorite and most reliable receiver. But in Super Bowl 46 against the Giants, he dropped a crucial pass late in the fourth quarter of a 21-17 loss and nearly started crying about it at the podium afterwards. Welker got no sympathy from Giselle Bunch. Mrs. Tom Brady, who famously lashed out, and I quote, my husband cannot bleeping throw the ball and catch the ball at the same time, unquote.
1: Welker is now wide receiver coach for the 49ers. You think Welker is going to have a real shot at going to the Hall of Fame? Because despite that, 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 that pass, by the way, was off target. It's amazing. Everybody wants Michael Jordan to explain why he was so mean to his teammates. Tom Brady screams at people the entire game. Any lineman, any receiver who doesn't do exactly what Tom Brady, the golden boy, wants in that second, screams at him on national TV. Where's the, huh? Where's the demand for Tom F. Brady to say, oh, I'm sorry, and be softer and gentler? Hmm, I'm just asking. To really... It's a
0: really nice defense of Michael Jordan and the defense of Tom Brady there is he's got six Super Bowls. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. Happy anniversary, Calvin Burrell. On this day 10 years ago, Burrell rode Super Saver to victory at Churchill Downs and became the only jockey to win the Kentucky Derby three times in four years. He also won aboard Street Sense and Mind that bird. He was nicknamed Bo Rail because of his penchant to get to the inside and save distance. Only Eddie Arcaro Billy Hardtack and Willie Shoemaker, three of the greatest jockeys ever, won more Kentucky Derbies. Speaking of the Kentucky Derby, which was scheduled to go tomorrow, the first Saturday in May, and has been postponed until September 5th, the first Saturday in September, happy 60th birthday to Steve Cawthon, who won the Kentucky Derby on Affirmed in 1978 on their way to the Triple Crown. Cawthon was the youngest jockey ever to win the Triple Crown at 18, and he was named Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year.
1: What are you going to do? Mr. Kentucky Derby, Anthony Kornheiser, doesn't have his precious little derby tomorrow. Look, I'm sad because everything, for everything that we're missing, but the Kentucky Derby, I mean, this is where you live. What are you going to do tomorrow to commemorate the the derby? I love the Kentucky Derby. You're right. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to watch it when it
0: comes on. Just like with the Masters, I missed it, and I'm going to watch it when it comes on. Whatever Happy trails to another former first-round pick by the Dolphins. Miami Dolphins have sent edge rusher Charles Harris a first-round pick in 2017 to the Atlanta Falcons for a seventh-round pick, according to The Athletic. Reports said Harris was unlikely to make the Dolphins this season after a massive overhaul to the front seven through signings and draft picks. In the last eight months, Miami has traded former first-round pick In 2016, offensive lineman Laramie Tunsil to Houston and traded 2018 first-round pick defensive back Minka Fitzpatrick to the Steelers. Miami GM Chris Greer made all these picks and is still (laughs) popular with fans. Greer just picked Tua. I wonder if Tua is contemplating
1: where he's going to be in two or three years. Tony, don't you wonder for the past, I don't know, 10, 15 years even, Whether anybody's paying attention in Miami. Seriously. I mean, it's one of the great franchises in NFL history for a stretch. And then it's just one crazy thing happens after another. And eh, whatever. I mean, they're in the same division as the Patriots. Maybe nobody's paying attention to anybody else in that division.